you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. And good morning. Uh, buenos dias and half a day from our Saipan Church. Uh, they send their greetings, Pastor Eric and Sharon and the whole team. Um, and it's such a privilege and an honor to be here. And I was, um, and just, uh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm, um, I, I need tissue. <laughs> uh, yes, I cry easily. That's uh, ever since God touched my heart. It's just, it's like the floodgates, uh, my tear ducts, they just flow. Um, so, uh, greetings from our, our Saipan Church and uh, from Pastor Eric and Sharon and, and the whole team. And just want to commend you and Pastor Mark and Terry and everyone. Thank you. Sorry, I need so many supplies. <laughs> It's because God's going to do something. All right. And so, um, um, and so real quick. Okay. Um, <clears throat> gosh. <laughs> God is so good. Anyway, I was joking with Ophi this morning, and I said, you know, before we had a church in Saipan, I used to fly here every Saturday to come to church. Um, and so much so that some of the Guam folks said, hey, Sherlyn, can we do lunch on Tuesday? And I said, oh, no, I don't live here. They're like, yes, you do. You're here every week. I said, no. And I was here for, uh, for months and months. Thank you. Until, until we, uh, we started a, a church in Saipan. And so just to say that God's doing an amazing, amazing work there. Um, and it's, and it's, it's the fruit of the faithfulness uh, of God and also the faithfulness of the people of God in this church. So every time I come here, I'm just overwhelmed with, with thankfulness and, and gratefulness for, for all the people that are here. Um, the title of my message today is New Heroes, and it, it, it's from a, a series from our, our ministry called Uncharted Territories, um, and it's about seeking the lost where the heart of God is. Uh, so before we continue, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you. For your goodness, O oh God, we thank you, Lord, that you are alive in us. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us. Thank you, Lord, that we, Lord, we have even more than 10,000 reasons to sing and to praise you and to thank you, Lord, and to bless your name and to worship you. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would touch our hearts today. Lord, thank you, God, that you're, Lord, that you have, um, you're always speaking to us, God. And you said that if we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. And so today, Lord, our prayer is that we will hear from you. Lord, that, we would, um, that you would quiet our hearts, that we would not think about what's going on after service or tonight or tomorrow. But Lord, help us to be here with you in the moment with you now and speak to us, God, and help us, God, to hear you. Thank you, Lord, that you know what it is that we need to hear today. And we pray, God, for just a fresh word from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, um, uh, <clears throat> so it's called Uncharted Territories, and, and it says discover where the gospel is going today. And I'm so grateful that Ophi shared about, you know, our, our mission is to honor God, um, honor God in Micronesia and beyond. And so, and so the title of today's message is, is New Heroes, right? And it's uh, lead to leave, and, and what God has uh, called us to do as, as leaders of the church. And so God is calling us um, to not just to be heroes and to, and to 
create and disciple and train uh, new heroes. I just wanted to go into a, a little history of what God did in Saipan and some of the heroes uh, that God used to bless our church. And so our first slide we have here, uh, Pastor Daniel and Zandra Aquino in 1999. Let's give a big round of applause. And uh, we had a Bible study um, that Pastor Taylor and Roland were flying down every week and some of the other Guam folks. And the Bible study was just growing and growing and growing. And, and we needed a leader. And Pastor Daniel and Zandra said, we'll go, right? And so without hesitation, they said, we'll go, right? And, you know, I, I was just thinking about Abraham. You know, when God said, told him to go, he said, go to the land I will show you. Right? And sometimes we're not very good with that. What do you mean, go to the land? I will show you. Lord, which way is it? Just go where I'm going to show you. And, you know, Pastor Daniel and Sandra, they didn't know Saipan or what was there or who was there or what, what is it like. But they were brave and full of faith enough to go, and they went. Right? And I remember Sandra one time, she was singing, and she was pregnant. And then she couldn't really sing because... Uh, she was pregnant, and Pastor Daniel was like playing, right? And she's singing, and then put down the guitar, and he'll start preaching. And uh, we had a wonderful time. Let's go to the next slide. Um, we had a wonderful time in the Kino's living room, uh, which is where we started our first church service. And uh, my mom was like, What are you doing? You're changing your religion. And I said, Yes, mom, can I borrow your chairs? You know? And so. Uh, <laughs> Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, yell at me later. I just need to borrow your chairs. And so we set up in their living room, and we had church, and we just believed that God uh, would provide. So that's uh, the Sunday service in their living room. Uh, next slide. Oh, one before. Okay, and so this is our team. Uh, you know, we started church just a few months, and then there was something special going on in Guam, so we brought the whole church to Guam. So that's the whole church uh, in, uh, in 2000. And then the next slide. And then we had, um, we had uh, one of our first baptisms, and, uh, and they're like, Sherlyn, can you get her ready for baptism? I said, okay, but I haven't been baptized. And they're like, what? We missed you. Oh, I've been training people and going through the one-to-one and doing all the discipleship. Okay, well, you need, can I be baptized too, by the way? And, then, and so anyway, uh, so we're a tiny church, and we, we did everything, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's Miss uh, uh, Mary Duenas. Um, one of our first baptisms is Pastor Rico and Pastor Dan. Next slide. And then, uh, and then in, in 2002, uh, I went off to the Philippines to go to our Every Nation uh, Leadership Institute. Um, and uh, Pastor Alex and Lee uh, took over. And uh, sometime there. Next slide. And then, um, then in 2006, we had Pastor Eric, uh, Sharon, and Joshua, um, who, who are there now. And then in October 2012, um, we had our new church building. We outgrew our building and moved into a new place. Uh, we had a very good problem, I think it was last month, where we ran out of parking. Uh, so our church is growing. Our church is full. God is doing an amazing work there. Um, so encouraging people to park across the street, parking the other parking lot, carpool, do something, because we, uh, we need room, because uh, our church is growing. Next slide. And so 2015, who's next? <clears throat> who's next? And, and, um, and I, as I was praying, you know, Lord, what should I, what should I share? Um, he was talking about reaching out, uh, reaching out to the people um, that he, he cares about. And so we go to um, uh, Matthew 28, 
uh, verse 19 and 20, and it's a very familiar uh, scripture to us, where it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so this is a great commission. We've heard it. We've memorized it. We make our kids memorize it in Sunday school. Um, but this is, this is the, you know, the very last words of our Lord before he left. And it's, it's very powerful. And this is um, you know, what I'm so grateful about our church ministry is that we take this seriously, very seriously, so much so that it's our name, right? Where every nation ministry, it's not just us ministries, right? But it's every nation and so we take seriously that God loves every people group, every nation, all his children, that, um, especially the ones that don't know him yet. And so this Great Commission is something that we, it, we never graduate from it. This is our heart. This is what God has called us to do. Amen? Okay, and so the next slide in Jonah 4.11, uh, it says, But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And so the story of Jonah, uh, most of us know the story of Jonah. God sent him on a mission and said, go, preach to these people, right? Go and share, share the word of God with them. And Jonah said, no, I won't go. Went the other way, got swallowed by a fish. You know, he contemplated his life. This, he repented, the fish spit him up, and then he went and obeyed God. And in this case, in the end, where he was upset, he was upset because the vine that had grown and given him shade was eaten away by a worm. And he was so mad, you know, that his comfort was taken away. And God said, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Jonah, right? There are 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And many cattle as well. I always wonder why God put that in. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And so God is concerned. God is concerned especially for his people, for his children, for people that don't know their right hand from their left. You know, sometimes we look at, at people or we look at people groups and, and we say, why? Why do they do this? Don't they know? Isn't it common sense? But when you don't know your right hand from your left, it, it's, it's not that common. And it's, it's, it's more than just common sense, but there's something in the spirit that's going on, something in the spirit that's holding them down, keeping them down. And if we go to the next slide, in Matthew 9, 36 to 38, it's talking about Jesus, and it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so harassed and helpless, right? When people don't know God, when they don't have God in their lives, they are harassed and helpless. When you're lost, that's the condition of being lost, right? It's that you're, you don't know where you are, and you don't know how to find your way. And uh, one time I went on a hike, I think it was last year, and my friend said, oh, it's a real easy tra trail, 30-minute hike. I said, oh, okay, so what time are we meeting? Nine? Okay, I'll schedule lunch for 11. So we, we went hiking, and uh, we didn't realize that it had rained so much that the trail had disappeared. So we were hiking and hiking and hiking for like four hours. We were out of food, and we were out of supplies, 
and we were lost and we were out of cell phone signal and the trees were really big and I said, gosh, normally I'd try to climb the tree, but the trees weren't climbable and we were just somewhere lost. I started thinking, Saipan has wild boars. <laughs> I heard they're really mean. And so we just kept walking because we just kept walking to try and find a cell phone signal. And then when I finally got a signal, uh, I called my, um, I called my compiree, my friend, my police officer compiree, and I said, Joe, Joe, we're lost. Can you find us? And he goes, okay, give me your location. I said, we're lost. I don't know my location. <laughs> Somewhere in the mountain, this is where we started. We've been going for four hours. We're out of water. People are mad. They're about to hurt each other. Can you please find us? And he said, so where again? And I said, okay, Joe, we're lost, okay? Somewhere in the mountains. So anyway, he said, all right, I'm going to send police cars up. Don't move. And I'm going to call you back. Call me when you hear a siren, right? So anyway, eventually they found us, and, um, and everyone was fine, just dehydrated and, and upset, but we forgave each other. Um, and so when you're lost, you don't know, like, you know, the condition of how lost you are um, or how to be found. And so... They were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And I started to think of, um, um, and I said, God, can you show me? Can you show me, God, what, how you feel about uh, lost people? And, you know, God is so good. When you ask him, he answers. Wow, very profound, right? But really, you ask him, he will answer. And I just challenge you just to ask him. So I said, Lord, can you show me what your heart is uh, for lost people? And he said, sure, no problem, right? So God just showed me, bam, there it is. And uh, recently, my nephew, um, he's not here, so. But, you know, I would say it if he was here also. Uh, my nephew, the, the son of my brother, uh, my brother died when he was two, and so my parents and I sort of raised him together as a family, and he feels like my son. And so when he was about five or six, uh, you know, he accepted uh, Jesus into his heart. And then a, a few years ago when he became a, a teenager, uh, he seemed to have forgotten the Lord and just went against everything everyone has ever taught him. And just going through his, his normal teenage stage, uh, but we, you know, when it happens to your own, it doesn't feel so normal. Uh, and so, and so he was doing a lot of rebellious things and to the point where I was just crying and I said, God, what did we do wrong? What can we do to help him? And all I could do, all I could do was what well, I just felt so helpless. I can't, you know, I, the law, right? I can't, I can't beat him. I can't, <laughs> I can't, what can I do? What can I do to prevent him from hurting himself? He's going in a downward spiral. He's making bad choices. What can I do? And God says, when he's bad, do you love him less? And I said, no, Lord. When he's bad, do you pray for him less? And I said, no, Lord, I, I probably pray for him more. When he's bad, do you stop thinking of him? And I said, no, God, that's all I can think about. All I can think about is he's safe. Is he going to do this again? Is he going to do that again? Is he running with the wrong crowd? Where is he? God, is he going to hurt himself? What's he going to do, God? God, save him. And God said, that's how I feel about lost people, that they're always on my mind, always. They're never out of my mind. And the more lost they are, the more broken they are, the more they hurt themselves, the more they make bad decisions, the more they do that, it's just 
forefront, I can't stop thinking of them. And I was like, wow, okay, whoo, dangerous prayer. <laughs> you know, but ask God, how do you feel about lost people? And that's what he said. And so as his church, as his church, right, we need to be about our father's business. And if his heart is for lost people, those that aren't in here, right? He loves us, you know, we're, we know that, right? But his heart is for those that aren't here, those that don't know him, those that don't know their left, their right from their left hand, those that are harassed and helpless. And so the next slide, uh, it talks about uh, Paul's uh, missionary journey. And, um, you know, Paul was, uh, was a single man, and he went, and he did uh, a, lot of, a lot of things for God. Um, and, and he went, like, in 12 months, he went to, like, how many cities? And he would preach and start a church here, and then he would go and preach and start a church here, and then he would go, and then he'd go back and check on the churches and see how they're doing. And then he'd go around and around and around, and he just, you know, just had all this, all this time to serve God and all this energy and all this willingness to serve God. And so just want to challenge you, if you're single, right? I'm reading this book. Uh, it's called Lady in Waiting. And he says, your singleness is a time that you can love God with reckless abandon. With reckless abandon and said, here I am, God. Use me. Use me where you want to use me, right? So your singleness is not about, Lord, when is he coming? God, I've been waiting so long. Lord, I'm done with my school. I got a job. I got a house. What more, God? I think I'm ready. I can cook. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. That, oh, sorry. That's my personal prayers out loud. Okay. Need to silence that one. Okay. But your, your time of being single is your time to love God with reckless abandon like Paul. Right? He wasn't like going and sharing the gospel. Is she the one? Is she the one? Going, is she the one? Is she the one? No, he was going out there and serving God with all he had. Right? Because, you know, if, if God has put in your heart the desire to be married, right, the desire for companionship, that's how he made us, that we want to be, be close with people, we want to share that intimacy. Those are really, really good things, good desires, and we just give it to God and say, Lord, your time, your time, God. But in the meantime, I'm going to serve you. In the meantime, let me not waste my time. And, and you know how, you know how I, like I said, I always cry, right? And so a few weeks ago, you know, I heard about another friend of mine getting married. Oh, I'm tired of being a bridesmaid. <laughs> Lord, and I was, I was just ready to have my pity party, right? Why? Lord, okay, what do I need to do now? Okay, yes, I'm going to be happy for her. Oh, okay. And then I was about to have my pity party and cry. And then God looked at me and said, don't cry. And I said, don't cry, Lord, that's what I do well. <laughs> and God said, don't cry. And he said, when you know what I have in store for you, you will cry tears of joy, and you will feel silly for crying right now. So don't cry. Don't, gri- don't cry and get busy serving me. Say, okay, God, right? And so I said, oh, okay, don't cry. All right, so uh, I was able to stop the tears at that time. And so, you know, Paul was busy serving God. And so, um, and so um, if we go to the next slide, I was trying to uh, condense this a little bit. Uh, recently, uh, Typhoon uh, Masek, this is a school in Yap, I think in Ulithi, and you can see uh, just the destruction that's there. Uh, and then the next picture, the next slide, uh, we see Chuk. You see that man there, and you, and you see the roots there, and, and just the, um, 
I think like, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are displaced, that aren't in their homes. I, I don't know how many people, like 800 homes destroyed and 2,000 people displaced, right? And the next slide. Okay, so just, just more destruction. And so, um, so recently, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of aid that came out from here and from different parts of the world, um, you know, to, to help our, our brothers and sisters in Yap. And that's good. And that's good. And it reminds me of um, a few years ago when we had the, um, the nuclear disaster in Japan, right? And so they had an earthquake, right? Then they had the disaster. Then they had the nuclear. Um, so about 30,000 people died in that disaster in Japan. And I remember praying for Japan and praying for the people of Japan during that time. And then what we found out was, uh, yes, 30,000 people died. That's a lot of people, right? That's a lot. That's very, very tragic. But did you know that 30,000 people in Japan commit suicide every year? Every year. Every year. Right? Yes, 30,000. That's, that's a lot. We don't even have, I mean, that's 30,000. I can't think of that thousands. It's just really big, right? But 30,000 people died in that disaster but what's even more heart-wrenching is the 30,000 that have no hope, that kill themselves year after year after year in Japan because they have no hope. Because most people in Japan, do you have a religion? They put no, right? And so, and so because we need to bring the gospel to Japan. So if God is calling you to Japan, hurry up and go, right? There's a lot of them there. And so... Uh, 30,000, and so when we hear about the disaster, right, how many people lost their homes in Chuk, how many people lost their homes in Yab, their schools are destroyed. Yes, those are bad. We're not uh, downplaying how bad the destruction is, but there's other things that happen in the lives of our Chukis and our Yapis neighbors that are also equally as bad. And if we look at the next slide, uh, this is uh, the rates of suicide in males age 15 to 24, right? And so, and so the data is, is, is not really, um, it's not really consistent. Um, so this is just one, one slide. And it, in 1978 to 1987, there was 206.6, right? I don't know how they get that number, but it's 206 um, young men from Chuk that took their lives. And in Yap, around that same time, 140. Pompeii, 94. Kosrai, 89. Palau, 70. Guam, 48. And then the U.S. average, 9. So when we think about our brothers and sisters in Micronesia, who, I mean, just, just one picture, one piece of information, we can tell that they need the message of hope. They need the gospel. They need Jesus. They need to know that there is hope, that there is a reason to keep on living. They need that because if we look at just how do they respond, this is only the suicide rate, right? We don't know the rate of alcoholism, the rate of sexual violence, the rate of murder and other violence. I mean, I'm sure we could find all of that, right? And we can tell, like... like um, like, you know, like, like we would talk about, like when we do our healing ministry, right? Like if, there's, if the fruit is sick, right? That's a symptom of the roots, right? Something wrong in the roots. 
And so when we see this fruit of suicide, when we see this fruit of suicide and, and we look at how many people just have no hope, what should it do in us? And so um, my, my nephew, right, who was making a lot of bad choices, um, he was doing something really crazy, and we had to call the police. And then him and his, his best friends, his cohorts, were all there, uh, all the other students and their parents. And I'm the principal, and I'm with the police, and we're talking about, you know, the kids and what they did. And then one of the parents said, Ms. Cabrera, this, he's your nephew? And I said, yes, he is. So like you sort of raised him? I said, yes. And she goes, gosh, aren't you ashamed of his behavior? And I said, um, I said, you know what? I love my nephew. And no, I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of him. I love him. But I am pissed off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor Mark. I didn't check if that's an okay word to share here. You've heard worse at the movie theaters. So I said... <laughs> I said, I'm pissed off. And she said, you are? I said, yes, because that's not how we raised him. And that's not, you know, our hope and our dream for him. And I, that's, I know that that's not God's plan for his life. And so when we see our brothers and sisters, right, in Micronesia, when we see them harassed and helpless, right, it's not for us to be, like, ashamed of them or whatever, right? But we should have that. You know, that, that, like, that like holy indignation. Like, we should be upset. Like, oh, yeah, okay, 206 people killed themselves. That's them. That's not us, right? Oh, that's too bad for them. God, Lord, help them. No, but we should be upset and say, Lord, no, this is not okay. That the suicide rate in Micronesians is higher than the rest of the world. It's not okay that they don't have hope. It's not okay that they're destroying themselves. It's not okay that they're hurting themselves. And we should have that, you know, that feeling in our heart like, oh, like my nephew, what are you doing? No, you're going to ruin your life. Don't do it. Right? And we should have that concern, that compassion. We should feel something, not nothing. Right? We really should feel something. And so um, let's go to the next slide. Um, and this one talks about um, this one talks about uh, the population, and then the um, like the percentage of of suicide rate, like as it relates with the population. Um, so this is just uh, for Guam, and if you look in the middle where the Chamorros, right? They're they're like forty percent of the population at about forty percent of the suicide rates, and then if you look over here at Micronesian. They're only 7.6% of the population, but they account for 27% of the suicide. Like, it's, it's, like just from that one graph, you can see that it's really high. If you see over here under Filipino, right, they're 11%. I mean, I'm sorry, they're 26% of the population and only 11.2%, right? And, you know, that means, um, you know, Filipinos know how to overcome, Right? They have that hope. You know, I, I just went to the, I remember I lived in the Philippines, and I said, you know, each people group has a gift. And the Filipinos have a gift of having a good time. <laughs> the gift is always working. In all circumstances, they know how to have a good time. Right? I was there. I rode the bus under the bridge. 
It's not a home, but they made it a home with pallets and different things. And then they were cooking under the bridge. I mean, you can see that's their home, right? Under the bridge. And they were cooking their meal. And they got power from somewhere. And they're singing karaoke. And they're, woohoo! And that's their home, right? There's like several adults and several children. And I could tell they're not just like hanging out. That's their home. And so we go to different parts of the Philippines where they have no home but they have their priorities. They have a karaoke machine, right? And they have no home or no walls, but they're singing, right? And they're singing and they're having a good time. And I said, wow. And then my friend's dad died and they brought his body to the Philippines and uh, he brought his body there and then we went and then we went to the funeral home and I didn't know what to expect, but I was there and then all the relatives came and they brought food and they were so excited. They started playing cards and pokers and dominoes and they're just like screaming having a good time and then my friend he's from Saipan he goes why are they celebrating and I said they do this everywhere and he said yeah but this is my father's funeral I said they just know how to celebrate Frank it doesn't matter if it's a funeral why can't they be like somber and reflect on we just lost our relative I said I'm sorry they just always celebrate And so each people group has a gift from God, right? The Micronesians, they have a gift from God. As a people, there's something special about them. The Asians, right? They have a gift from God. God loves them so much, he made so many, (laughs) right? If you, you know, Pastor Steve does this, where if you break down the, the, the world, right? And if you break it down into 10 people, Six of them are Asians. Yeah? God loves Asians. No doubt. Right? If he didn't love them, he wouldn't have made so many. But he loves them. He has a plan for them. Right? There's a gift of the Chamorros. What do you think it is? Food. Yes. Okay? It's having party. Okay? Whether your paycheck can afford it or not, we have one. (laughs) All right? Okay? It says white there. Gosh, I don't know. That just sounds... I don't know, what is the gift of the white people? (laughs) And the gift of the Filipinos, right? I'll share with Ophi, what is the gift of the Palauans? And I said, it's singing and dancing. You know, that our expression to God will be lots of singing and dancing. And so each group has a gift. And each group, God made them special, right? And, And when we share, and when we bring the message of hope to them, right, then that gifting comes out. And they become the people that God created them to be. And so we want to be part of that. We want to be part of reaching lost people for God. We want to be part of of unleashing unleashing that. And so let's go to the next slide. Yay! Woohoo! 2017. You know, our Life in the Sun uh, church in in Saipan, you know, and, and here we hope to partner and just really reach Micronesia for Jesus. And plant a church there. So this is your two-year warning or a year and a half, okay? If God doesn't say no, then you can go. Ah, right? If God doesn't say no, then you can go. And so this morning, you know, we we're talking, uh, or I don't know when is it, uh, time just flies. I was trying to use the bathroom, but Ophi said, come out, we need to talk some more. Okay, fine. And so we're talking about, you know, getting a word from God to go, right? And so we don't, you know, I'm not saying you don't need a word, but we already have the word, yeah. right? We have the word here. He's living in our hearts, right? And so if you're wanting to do things to honor him, 
Go and do it. Just go and do it, right? I'm giving you permission right now. <laughs> go and do it, right? And if God has something else for you, then he'll stop you and say, no, thank you, dear child. I know you want to go there, but I have something else for you. And so when we're praying about going to Palau, going to Chuk, going to Pompeii, going to Yap, going to these different islands, right? Um, Yes, we need a word from God. We want, to, we want to hear God. We want to be sure. We want confirmation. We want to do this. But just like Sunday service, we don't pray Saturday or the week. Lord, is it your will for me to go to church on Sunday? Yes! Right? It just go. You're, you need to go and worship God. Lord, is it your will for me to serve? Lord, we don't, we don't pray about that. We pray about things where we're not sure. Lord, is it you? Is it not you? But the harassed and helpless people of Micronesia is a call from God to say, Go. He said the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask then the Lord of the harvest to send workers. The harvest is plentiful. So let's not be guilty of just being here. Oh, the harvest is plentiful. Look at all that fruit dropping. Look at all that fruit over there. But I'm going to be right here. Right? We want to be where the heart of God is. Because the Bible says that, you know, that, that there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, over one sinner who repents, right? Then the 99, where are the 99 that don't need to repent? And so our heart, our focus, our energy, our resources need to be where the heart of God is, and that is lost people. Um, the next slide, Papua New Guinea. Uh, Pastor Eric was sharing, um, they have a, they're, they're a country of 7 million people, and about 800 different languages. And what they're known for is tribal warfare and hurting each other and um, just a lot of unrest. So much unrest that Australia spends lots of dollars to Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands. They hire police forces from other parts of the world to go there and bring order because they don't want the problems of Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands, you know, leading into Australia. So they support bringing in police forces. And, you know, one of my cousins was there, and I said, how come you're never here in, in Palau? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm hired to go to the Solomon Islands. There's so much unrest. And so they cannot govern themselves, that they have to hire police forces from other places to come in and govern them. And so in Papua New Guinea, the statistics of you know, the life expectancy of males is really low, and sexual violence is really high. In that 41% of the men have admitted, have admitted to rape. And of all the, the rape cases, all the, a lot of the women that are raped, most of them are under, happened when they were under 15. I think 50% of them under 15, and then 20% of those under the age of 10. And so there's parts in Papua New Guinea where, where um, it's a lot shorter just to cross over land to go to another place. But they go on boat and they go like around, right? Because, because they're, they don't get along, because there's a lot of warfare and there's a lot of unrest. And Papua New Guinea was, was uh, raided by, um, I, I, I can't remember right now, but I think it's TripAdvisor, that like it's the worst place to go as a tourist, because it can't guarantee your safety and different things. And so this summer, uh, there's the, I think the South Pacific Games are going to be there, right? And so there's people from all over the Pacific that are going to go there and, you know, and, and play games and stuff. And, and there's, a, there's a team from YWAM, 
um, <clears throat> and I know this because one of our uh, one of our church members is his sons there, and they're going in there to support the games, but really they're going in there to share the gospel with Papua New Guinea and our church, our Every Nation Church. One of the church plans they want to do over the next few years is to plant a church in Papua New Guinea. And so, you, you know, you see this picture, you're like, oh, they look so gruesome. It looks kind of scary to me. Kind of looks like my, some of my relatives. <laughs> right? So uh, maybe God's calling me there because I'm scared to go. Anyway, if you look at the next slide, uh, I love this picture. Okay? It's the children of Papua New Guinea. God loves all the nations. And his heart is for those that are harassed and helpless. And so what do we do knowing this, knowing where the, where the heart of God is? Let's look at the next slide. Fiji. Our Every Nation Church plans to plant a church in Fiji as well. And they've had so much unrest, unrest and there's a lot of racial tension, and there's a lot just, just going on there. Um, they've had how many coups, and there's just a lot of unrest. And the people of Fiji also need hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, uh, so our next slide, just a, just a picture of Micronesia. <clears throat> and then the next slide in Matthew 14, it says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And so um, uh, actually if you can scroll, skip, skip, uh, skip lots of slides. <laughs> lots and lots of slides. Um, I'm not going to compete with Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> go, go to how to get involved. <laughs> so how we can get involved. Number one, we can pray. Lord, where is your heart? Where would you like me to serve? God, how can I reach those people that your heart is, is hurting for? Number two is we can give, right? You might not be in a place where you're able to go to missions, but your money can go to missions, okay? Your money can go to missions. Our church does like 10-day mission trips all around the world, right? And, and you can give to one of those. You can give to, you know, the folks here, I so admire our Guam church, you know, for going to Pompeii, woohoo, right? And going there, and, and you, can, you can give, right? Everyone can give. And then number three, you can go, right? You can go. And so this is what we, we want to do, right? Yes, there's, there, there are lost people in our backyard, but God wants us to be specific in going to places where as a group, they need hope. Right? As a whole, as a nation, they need hope. And so our last uh, scripture for today is Romans 15. The next slide. <clears throat> and he says, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Why don't we stand as we close in prayer? Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for those that came and shared the gospel with us throughout our lives, Lord. You have sent many people 
to share, God, the message of hope that you bring, to share you, Lord God. And as we, as we bask, Lord, in your presence, as we bask, Lord, in your goodness, I pray, God, that you would remind us where your heart is. Lord, that you would leave the 99 to go after the one. And you did that, Lord, for each and every one of us that is here in this room. Lord, that you sought us even when we were running away from you. You came after us, Lord. You came after us and you drew us in, Lord, with your loving kindness. And so, Lord, coming to you is like coming home. And so thank you for your reminder today of all your people that are out there that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so we ask you, the Lord of the harvest, that you would send workers into the harvest field. And Lord, that you would speak to us, God, if you are calling us, Lord God, to give or you're calling us to go. But Lord, I pray, God, that you would forgive us for just thinking about ourselves. What can we do for ourselves, Lord? And Lord, for just being selfish, Lord, and not even looking beyond ourselves for where your heart is. And I pray, God, first and foremost, that you help us, God, to get our hearts right with you, to get our hearts, Lord, aligned with you. And so, Lord, if our hearts have been far from you, oh, Lord, I pray by your grace that you would bring us close to you. And, Lord, we pray, God, that you would speak to us. Speak to us, God. Let our heart be concerned for what your heart is concerned about. That you're not okay that people continue to be lost. That you're not okay that people continue to be harassed and helpless. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in this church. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Taylor and Elizabeth, Lord, and the stewards that moved here, Lord, in faith that they're going to come and be a blessing to the people of Guam. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Pastor Daniel and Zandra, the Aquinos, Pastor Alex and Lee Lorzano, Pastor Eric and Sharon Abergan that said, we'll go. And they went, Lord, and served you. We thank you, Lord, for the many, many people in this church that have gone to Chuk to pray, that have gone to Ponape to pray. And we thank you, Lord, that you put in our hearts, God, you put in our hearts to share the gospel with our neighbors in Micronesia and the other islands. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to be part of your mission to reach out to hurting people. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that you have given us, Lord. And we pray, God, that we would, Lord, just give a good account, that we would use our talents for you, that we would use our resources, our income, our finances, that we would use it, Lord, to honor you. And so, God, we praise you, God. We thank you, God, that you have set us free, that we are free to know you, to love you, to praise you, to worship you, to bless your name. And, God, I pray that you continue, Lord, just to keep us focused, God, on what is your heart, where you would have us go, what you would have us do. We want to be part of your plan, Lord God, your exciting plan to save the world. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that our feet would be beautiful. Lord, that we would go out and share your word 
so that people will know who to call out to. And so we pray, God, that you would ignite, Lord, restart. Let, let our hearts, Lord, just be ablaze for reaching others. And so, Lord, thank you, God, that missions is not a secondary thing, but that is the main thing that you have called us to be fishers of men. Help us to be good fishermen, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We just honor you, Lord, with the rest of the service, the rest of today, Lord. We say you are good. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.